killed the headlines And he put the throttle down When they hit the railroad crossing They were five feet off the ground Just screaming through the midnight Till they came down again Well, the front tire hit a bar ditch They went in and over in We'll raise another round, boys And have another glass Be thankful for a thing Welcome back. Band is back together. Seemed Ooh. like a little bit sharper clap this morning, which I like to hear for the audio yeah. cutoff. Well, I mean, we had a terrific song to lead us into the Gentleman's Breakfast episode 63, February 8th, 2021. The day I of like the Super Bowl. I like well, first of all, it's February 7th, but second of all, I like that you're getting is the date on the record so people can know how much I drag my feet on editing it or not. <laughs> You, you just, <laughs> that's true. We just did listen to, I think, one of the better songs. It's inspiring me to dig a little bit deeper. Uh, Before the Devil Knows We're Dead by the Turnpike Troubadours. Uh, you and you pronounced that way better than I thought you were going to. <laughs> I thought I was going to butcher it pretty badly, but I did have it in front of me and I did sound it. I almost write it out. When I have a big, like, important meeting, it's a new name, I, I sound it out and I Google the name. But yeah. that's a sidetrack there. I, I, I've got to tell you, my text messages are full of random songs that you've sent me. And I listen to at least half of them. I do. Mm-hmm. And then usually I move on with my day. This one made it into the rotation. So that's uh, the goal. That's a win. Yeah. It, look, you're not going to get every shot on goal, but you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So let's let's hear about this one. Yeah, so this this band is out of Oklahoma, small band. Uh, Evan Felker is the lead singer, and upon listening to this song, I was like, "Wow, this guy is a poet. This guy really knows how to tie words together." Like, I feel like I'm reading, uh, um, like Jack Kerouac here or uh, Cormac McCarthy. He's really tying some Cormac these... McCarthy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, it's it's like a it's like a um, Johnny Cash style song where it, where it tells a story. Two pieces of blacktop, snaky stretch of the road. We were five feet off the ground after we hit the railroad. I mean, they was he was snapping them out. Uh, it's got to be a pretty old song too, with because uh, it said he was born in '84 and he was 28. Yeah, so t- 2012, I guess. So it would be eight years ago. Yeah, yeah, 2012. Yeah, um, but the greatest, I think, the best line, and he's got it in the hook, is like. Uh, be thankful for the day because we never know it's going to last and always seeing the positivity of a good time even though the song is pretty morbid he's talking about his death and things of that nature uh, what, what what's new for songs that we play on this show I feel like that's half of them I, yeah it, you, you know what I mean, you I gravitate to you like so I have when I listen to songs right I, you know news alert I, I fire out to different people different songs because mm-hmm. most people don't like this sad melody written <laughs> songs but there's a few in my arsenal who approve of it uh who like it and i, I think that's you but uh i thought it was a very good song and it's going to make me listen to them a little bit more and i hope the listeners respond well to it uh do you know where they're from in oklahoma because oklahoma is a shithole so in general i'm impressed when culture comes out of there you know they're um, from right but... city so for those not familiar with right city it is northeast of fort worth texas and oh so they're like right on the border with texas 
There it looks to be about 20 or 30 miles northwest of Texarkana. Yep. That's... Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to go camping up there in Oklahoma as a kid, and you would come back, and all of your shit would be covered in this, like, red dirt that they have up uh, up there. Mm-hmm. Just, like, this, like, red clay. And that's, like, the, the Red River and all that shit. Um, that is... That is not, it, it's not a place that anybody stumbles into. Like, if you bring up, like, uh, I don't know, Ohio. A lot of people have probably been to Ohio randomly. Or, like, Pennsylvania or Indiana or somewhere like that. Oklahoma, very few people have accidentally found themselves in Oklahoma. Not a lot of people change plans there or anything like that. So, uh. Yeah, I, I, uh, I was in Texas 10 years ago partying with some Austin grad students mm, really and the guy said he's like oh i'm from texarkana i go where is that and he looked at me like i had nine heads that i didn't know where texarkana <laughs> was do you remember when you were in texas five years ago as my date for christmas i took you home to meet my parents of course that was a big step um something I met- something in the back of their minds was definitely concerned you think so have you ever talked to your parents about it uh, I mean, they've mentioned it before about you about you coming out, but never never negatively. I'm just saying. At, at the time, they had to they had to be getting a kick out of it. But anyway, excellent song by the Turnpike Troubadours. Check them out. Um, and with that, I think it's time to get into episodes. Now that we've covered our free use requirement for the episode, um, uh, really, it's the it's the CYA so that so that Jake never has to go through and edit every single episode. Uh, to mm-hmm. to remove the music, it's probably time to get in the episode proper. Yeah, so lots happened since the last time we recorded. Uh, you know, there was a little rouse of the Capitol. There was an uh, incident, January sixth. Yeah. Uh, and then it slowly faded away. Where big tech came in and showed how powerful they were and silenced the Trumpians. What do you mean by that? You can't give voice to that kind of bullshit. Why? Well, I mean, is that? I mean, Twitter turned off his account. Okay, so the 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 Q and like let's let's go to extremes, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say like KKK or QAnon. Does someone have to give a platform to that? No. No. Okay. So they can deplatform that. Now we got shades of gray coming inward, not coming inward much toward the middle, but coming mm-hmm. slightly more inward. So if someone is just spouting horseshit as if it's fact, and it results in an attack on the Capitol, which the last time that happened was 1812. Right. These are private what? websites. Do they have like any obligation to do anything with that. Like, I don't think that they're silencing him. I think that he is just saying things that are not worth saying, and they're just, boop, delete, <laughs> um, which is fine. Well, I think I was listening to another podcast, and they brought up a good point where the narrative changed from what happened and what he incited to big tech's power and silence and, and how many levels it went to with... You know, Apple like took off what parlor 
off of the iOS. Like you couldn't download uh, Yeah, there were a lot, a, a lot of different services. It was like Cloudflare blocked them too, and uh, AWS. AWS, yeah. Um, so they basically can't do business on the internet because they can't use any of the services that you need to use. Um, I, I like I'm very conflicted on the deplatforming aspect because I think all of those companies have every right to do it, but I don't want to give any ammunition to the other side to say like the right is being silenced. Like I, I, I wish I like what the idea of what like YouTube does um, and what PBS has been doing where if you're watching some horseshit, they have a link right below it. That's like the U there was no, there was no significant fraud in the U S election or whatever. Fraud has not mm -hmm. been proven. Um, and like when you watch Trump's speech um, in front of the white house before the sedition occurred, um, PBS was putting up at the bottom, like Joe Biden is president. Like Joe Biden won the electoral college Multiple investigations by each state have shown no evidence of fraud, etc. And now there's a you see there's a massive lawsuit from the um, the poll machine manufacturers. The they're data companies. To, they're trying to sue the poll manufacturers. No, 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 no. The poll manufacturers are suing the people that were talking about the poll machines being uh, falsifying information oh, for wow. for like billions of dollars. Who are they going after? Um, I think that this Lou Dobbs thing might be related to it. Um, and a few other people, I, to be honest, I haven't read enough about it other than to know that they're suing. Uh, they'll probably settle out of court, uh, for some smaller amount, but I think a sub note to what you're saying about this free speech thing here kind of is what you're getting at with the deplatforming. Um, there are like... There are footnotes to the First Amendment. There are asterisks. And I mm -hmm. forget uh, I forget what like articles it is, but um, it, it's the, the famous like you can't scream fire in a theater. Yeah, hateful speech incited. Yeah, no, I, like I, I get what they did. I think my point about the deplatform and, and shutting them off was I don't think the general public realized how many different levels, all these private companies can quickly turn off the switch. Sure. They can, they can turn companies that you have never fucking heard of can turn it off on the back end. Yeah. Like it, so, so if if you don't have Cloudflare, mm -hmm. then you can get a denial of service attack. Like Cloudflare is the primary security provider mm -hmm. for the internet. Uh if if you don't have that, then uh any hacker that wants to can just shut your website down. Yeah. Basically, just by pinging it with denial of service. I'm sure I got some aspect of that wrong, so someone let me know. But that's the general concept, right? And Cloudflare is a massive company that nobody's ever fucking heard of. Yeah. So then, I guess I really want to get into the mind. You know, this is probably the last episode we talk about him. Yeah. Did he? Does he actually think he won and he was cheated? Because like, that like leaked audio from the conversations with the was it the Georgia Secretary of State? About you know get it, find an eleven thousand votes. Yeah, I act, like I, at his core. Does he actually think he win, or he's just still trying to incite the seventy four thousand seventy four million people that voted for him? I don't know, and I don't care. Uh, I would relate it to like like let's say like 
a, a friend or family member was was murdered, mm-hmm. and you went out and shot the person that you thought did it. Mm-hmm. Whether they did it or not, you're going to jail. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Uh, same same result. Maybe you get you know some different sentencing. Yeah. Um, depending on if they're actually guilty or not, but we, regardless, you are guilty. You bring up an interesting point: going to jail. Why? Why is the Southern District of New York? Why is this all this energy? I don't think the guy ever goes to jail. I think that's just wasted time and energy. Yeah, I mean the the second impeachment, um, all of this stuff. Like I, I think getting him out of the news and just moving on. You know, just like we're doing clearly by dedicating ten minutes of the show to it, mm. um, is the is is the right approach. Mm-hmm. Some of the other things I had, like now that I've had time to cool down from it, mm-hmm. um, I saw a picture of someone going in through a window of the Capitol carrying an American flag, <laughs> and to me, that's just an encapsulation of this entire mentality, like. If you think that you need to bring an American flag into the Capitol building, a place where you could probably find an American flag on every, every single corner, you just grab one and, and go on with it. Why do you need to bring one in? That's fucking nuts. Also, uh, I don't know if you listened to the speech that he gave before. No. Somehow I sat through like the first 40 minutes of it. I, I don't know how. It was over an hour long. And then finally I started fast forwarding. But what I started to wonder was, so he has two teleprompters up in front of him, and he's talking like Trump talks. What the fuck is on the teleprompters? Like, I know that it's not oh, a speech. Oh, good question. Because how, how like are they certain words? Through? Do you think that it's just like an Applebee's menu, and it's like, say something about Hispanics if you want jalapeno poppers for lunch, or, you know, blink, blink twice if you're looking for an awesome blossom? I'm, I mean, the, the, docu- <laughs> the documentaries and the movies that come out about it is like, there's probably some poor bastard who's in his early 20s and like, okay, based on what we've studied and the math behind his head, his mind is going here, write this word. That's going to have him go down this path, write this word, right? Like, do you think like someone is like live feeding that? Well, I'm sure that they have a speech written because he's the president and they have speech writers and stuff like that. So I'm sure that they have prepared remarks. I seriously doubt that he says more than 50% of that stuff. Or after he says it, then what I love is you can tell that he didn't write it. Because he'll say something and then he'll react to it himself, as <laughs> as if as if somebody else said it. He'll be yeah. like, you know, he'll say some bullshit statistic like, <laughs> you know, fifty percent of all crime came from immigrants south of the border last year, and he's like, yeah, did you hear that? Did you see that? It's crazy. They're coming through. He has said it, <laughs> and then he reacts to it like he just saw it on a tweet or something, but. My like, I'm sure what's on the teleprompter is the prepared speech. What I what to your point, the poor sap that is trying to scroll through this speech and mm-hmm. hit where he's at when he goes completely off the rails. Uh, I can only fucking imagine. Like, I can't wait until we hear about you know, like all the movies and books and stuff that come out of this insane experience. Because there's gonna experience. be there's gonna be like two to like. 10 normal people that like believe in the greater goodness of the country right there's going to be some great story about someone who tried to keep him on the rails for the sake of democracy and all these things and all the hard work this poor person people did for four years and then it all resulted into that and then he slowly went you know down to mar-a-lago and and like a like a poor sport didn't do the transition which is like 
so mind numbing. It makes me think. So this is where my conspiracy theory comes in. Do you think politicians are aware that they're puppets? Or do you think they're puppets? Or do you think that there's 150, 200 people that actually re- really run the world that we never see? I, I don't really know, fully know what you're asking there. But what I'll say about my opinion on politicians is I think they like we have a representative democracy. Someone has to be there. The way that you get there generally requires you to do things and i'm not saying like in a house of cards sense like you murdered somebody or whatever i'm just no, saying like you have, be to, you have to act in a way like uh say things to different people and um you know cut deals in terms of lawmaking um it requires a lot of things that just like general public wouldn't generally wouldn't wouldn't like but it's a necessary evil overall i will say Politicians have a massive opportunity to inspire people and to inspire, say, yeah. say truth, truthful things. And so I was I was watching C-SPAN along with like 300,000 other people. I was watching C-SPAN the night of the Capitol riots when they reconvened to certify the Electoral College votes. And they go around and all the senators, um, mm-hmm. you know, give their their two minutes or whatever and it's kind of frustrating because they're all grandstanding for their own personal clip um (laughs) so they're all saying a lot of the same things but some of them um said very poignant things and like i would contrast like uh cory booker said there's you know there's two times in history that i can think of where the capital's been assaulted and one you know i immediately know knew where he's going with this one is was 1812 and one was today i think that's probably true but a little bit hyperbolic i i didn't love cory booker's speech um i i didn't disagree with anything that he said but i i just thought that it was a little bit grandstandy yeah. uh but then you go to like lindsey graham's speech which is the one that i texted around to the group i don't like lindsey graham um but he's one of these guys that like there's a reason why he's been elected as many times as he has it's because he's fucking good at talking to people he yeah. is a good politician um and you hear him talk, and he's like, you know, anyone here today who uh, is arguing against certifying the electoral college votes, he's like, I'm not going to fight uh, against or, or you know say that you can't argue that. Like, absolutely, mm-hmm. I will defend your right to argue that. I just think it's a uniquely bad idea. <laughs> uh, and, you know, here are the reasons. And then he reads part of the Constitution, and he's like, you know, I'm a, uh, uh, I forget what you even call it in your constitutional theory or whatever. I'm an, I'm an absolutist or whatever, uh, you know, yeah, the, yeah. someone who reads it literally. Um, and he's like, where, where in here does it say if Mike doesn't agree with the result, he can change it. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't say that. And yeah. he's like, you know, we sit here and we talk about like what Mike Pence is going to do. He's like, I'm going to tell you right now, Mike Pence is going to certify the electoral college votes because that's the law because he can't do anything else. Um, But yeah, that speech was, I don't know, it was emotional and poignant for me because it's Lindsey Graham, someone who I don't agree with. And like, this is something that we haven't seen enough in the last 10 years. It's someone someone who I fundamentally disagree with saying things about something that is factual that can't really be debated and that is reasonable, like basically acknowledging reality 
without um, his and own we could, pain. Yeah, exactly. And we, we could all agree with that. Well, as you said earlier, right? He had the opportunity to inspire, and then he did. Like, yeah. they, that's their position in this. They have the opportunity to inspire or change things. That's the belief, right? Um, my, you know, where I was getting with the conspiracy theory stuff is, I remember someone told me, I don't know, must have been six or seven years ago. They said, I think a Canadian person said, I think they're all puppets. I think that they're placed there, and I think there's people behind the scenes making decisions. I'm like, that's an interesting thought. And then as everything that happened and then Trump slowly just kind of faded off and the media stopped paying attention to him. Maybe believe more and more. Who are these people that are actually making the decisions? Was there someone like, okay, that's enough. You've reached your max. You've reached your ability to try to inspire and change this party or, or this part of the country. You've gone past the threshold. Get out. Like I, and maybe it's, cynical i don't i don't know what the word is but i'm starting to believe that more as i get older and older that there's a bunch of wealthy or whoever people that run the country that we never know or never i say. i i disagree in by degree like there are people behind the scenes there are fundraisers who have more influence than a common citizen but at the end of the day you've still elected an individual so they might be trying to pick and choose people who have their views and or influence people to take their side more in particular in things that people aren't going to view as being like divisive or, or, or fundamental to the party for the most part. But yeah, um, like Sheldon Adelson who died like a week or two ago, good fucking riddance guy in Vegas that was funding all kinds of crazy shit. Um, he, he was one of those people. Um, but I would actually say I think the structure of Congress itself is more concerning to me in terms of influence. Like the like in reality, every um, member of the House and Senate should have equal voice and equal say. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the whole concept. In practice, uh, Mitch McConnell. Like they can Nancy just Pelosi. they can they can just censor you right they can um, keep whatever you want to have done or brought to the floor or say um, block informal communication now in in the age of social media you can still say whatever you want to the public so that power is definitely diminished but if you look at like the power that Mitch McConnell has senator from Kentucky it is very much outsized for his seat, which he his seat should be, he's one of a hundred senators. Sure, he, he should have one percent of the voice, but he doesn't. Um, and I think, like all of that structural congressional stuff, I'm sure it's necessary to keep lawmaking flowing in the appropriate way. But I think that that is like someone from Kentucky should not be completely governing governing how half the Senate works. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. I think in, in flowing to different topics, uh, I'll tell you what, Jake, I'm going through a topic and I think everybody has gone through it. You know, I'm going to be like the engagement guy of like a year and a half, two years. Yeah. Because I've I've gone past the sweet spot of like, a, well, we were set to get married. Now we're not. Now it's not happening. And now it's it's reaching the point of like, is everything okay? No, it's COVID, man. The, the the COVID times don't count. True, true. Nobody is thinking that, 
but everybody because there's not too many questions to ask is like when's the wedding and i think a lot of it's out of excitement or wanting to share an opportunity to like everybody wants to put it in the back of their mind when are we possibly getting together for one last party or that's how i receive it yeah yeah yeah. that's why that's why i hope that you don't cave to pressure like i hope that you do it after this all blows over because i do think that your wedding will be an enjoyable experience i do too and i think the first go around of planning it i was like man this is really excited it's one opportunity to get all these people together that's the core of it is like get all these people through every walk of life i've been through and mallory and i's walk of life and have them be able to hang out but it's a topic that it's like like a thousand little ducks reminding you because everybody asks you the same question hey when you're doing it, when you're doing it and then so there's been a lot of internal conversation between um mallory and i and the roommate and i and i made the the big mistake a couple of weeks ago as we were walking to get breakfast somewhere you know brainstorming what what we want to do and i just said you know i just want it to be over to be done <laughs> And is that how she's going to feel about the marriage? Like, did she realize this is something that happens until she dies, right? So they I mean, might as well not rush the front end part of it. As soon as I think, I think the word was done. I'm like, as soon as I said, I just want it to be done. I think halfway through saying the word done, I knew I'd made a huge fatal mistake. Oh, you said that? I said that, yes. What correct. the fuck did you say? Like, it's not like getting your driver's license, right? Where you just want to get it over with so that then you can drive afterward. Like, no, nothing is nothing is different the day before or the day after. So you might as well celebrate it. Yeah. Uh, it was a bad, bad misstep. One of my, I would say one of the biggest missteps I've made in a while. Um, so, yeah. It just... I, I don't know where I'm going with that, but that, that was a know. big mis- big, big mistake I've made there. I, and I, now- I, I, I like that you said, you know, from every walk of life, just like grandstanding, like, oh, I'm Seamus. I have friends from all different walks of life. <laughs> I, I, I think we, look, we, we <laughs> could agree that maybe your friend group represents a little bit more diversity than mine, possibly in some ways, but it's still going to be a little bit focused. What that took me on to, though, was... So I saw quite possibly one of the greatest displays of privilege that I've ever seen in my life Ooh, a, a, about a week ago, which was, it was this, uh, you know, we're having a baby pseudo kind of gender reveal thing, right? So we get a box in the mail and it, it is from uh, my significant others, uh, one of her friends, right? And open the box up and I'm looking at it. She, you know, she opened the box up and I'm looking at what's coming out of it. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And she's like, oh, they're having a baby. And I'm like, they're having a baby. So they sent us a gift. Are you kidding me? Hold on. What was in the gift? What was the gift? It was like cookies and a card saying like, we're having a baby. But, you know, fruit, fruit, cookies and whatever. Like this was easily $20 a box. Is this your significant other like top top four or five friend here? I, I couldn't rank this person, certainly on the higher end. Um, okay. But. Uh, she wasn't she wasn't as perplexed by the, the No, no. I, I, I Like, I was standing in the kitchen with my fucking jaw on the floor. Just like, we're just advertising here. Hey, guys, it, in case you were wondering, we don't need any shit from you. Not only do we have enough resources to go through this and care for this child, but we can actually give some shit away on top of it. Just send this around to however many people. 
uh, fucking wild. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting them fucking gift. <laughs> like, if, if this is what they're going to do is just piss shit away on, like, confetti and cookies that nobody wants to announce that they're having a child, no, they don't get any gifts. Well, then I would do. I mean, I would take it one step further. I would just call the name of that child Cookie for its lifetime. Mm, not a bad idea. I, I, <laughs> the genre that that name fits into has some... I don't know. I mean, are you going to bring it up when you see these people in person? No, 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 never, never. Maybe years, maybe years down the line. How many batches of cookies do you think they sent out? I, well, first of all, they didn't send them out. It clearly came from some kind of third party because they were, it was all packaged up and everything. I, I couldn't tell you, but any number in my opinion is ridiculous. (laughs) Like part of part of this whole thing around having a child is that you know, okay, this is a big deal, and maybe this isn't explicitly what's said, but like going into it, people are like, okay, we're kind of gonna pool our resources a little bit to help you out, right? Not necessarily mm. that you're like destitute or anything, but it's obviously a big expense. You're having to pay for hospital bills, and doctors, and you're gonna have to pay for God knows what down the line. Sure. You have to pay for college, blah blah blah. So I'll get you, you know. A car seat or whatever. That's fine. Um, but <laughs> if, if, like, if you're just going to show like, oh, no, this is what we do with our resources. Okay. No, I'm good. You're good. I'm good. You're good. I'll have the cookie. Uh, and uh, we don't need to go. We don't need to play that whole game. Maybe you save the cookies for when you see them. Uh, no, we were instructed to eat the cookies before they go bad. So I had one last night. Hmm. Speaking of what's coming up and making sure nothing goes bad, today's a big day for you because it's the Super Bowl, and there's some traditions that you have for the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's it's a it's a big day in the sense that I'm going to make queso today, and I'm excited about that. And now that I presume maybe you have a small group of people coming over, or is it just you two? Just the two of us. Are you limiting, because your batch of queso is usually pretty big. Are you limiting the amount, knowing that's just the two of you? Hell you no. Make this, Hell no. This, I'm calling it... full size. We're going to have leftover. And uh, you know what you do is you just make you make quesadillas with it afterward. Make use of that. There's a lot of different stuff you can do with it. Uh, okay, so it, so it lasts. It lasts after the first. Use. Well, the girlfriend made spinach and artichoke dip mm. uh, like a week ago. And we've been making grilled cheeses with that Ooh, dip in there. That sounds delicious. One of the best things I've ever eaten. Fucking amazing. And it's, it's made, similar with queso. She made spinach and artichoke dip from scratch? Yeah. Wow. That sounds pretty uh, good. We've been cooking a bunch recently in, in, in COVID times. So. so with the Super Bowl, you like to make your queso. What other things non-football related do you enjoy? You Like for me... I usually enjoy going to someone's house and being in a room with eight or 12 people. And there's always three or four hidden gems who have no idea what's going on. And there's going to be a couple sound bites from them where the majority of the group are going to be like, what did that person just say? Oh, I mean, I, I wish that I could see Big Daddy Sheik open up the New York Times on the couch. Um, that, is an, that is an all-time move. One of our close friends it, it, came it, over. It, it's one of those situations that every once in a while you see someone do something that just encapsulates them as a person, and that was one of those moments. 
So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, the gathering aspect is the biggest part. I'm probably going to barely pay any attention to the game. Uh, and then, will you check in on the puppy bowl today? No, I hate, I hate that shit so much. In a like, <laughs> in a world where you can watch puppy videos whenever the fuck you want, and it, it's just, it, it's not it. The, the puppy bowl is not entertaining in any way. Like, everybody likes seeing puppies to a certain extent. This is something that, like, sorority girls like to say, oh, I'm in it for the puppy bowl. It's the avocado toast of the Super Bowl, would you say? Yes, yes. Couldn't have mm. said it better myself. Yeah. Fuck, uh, fuck that shit. In a world of infinite entertainment and infinite content, I am going to judge you based on the content that you consume. And is that really, like, it's just something to talk about and, like, tell other people about, which I guess that is what a lot of content does. But it's more the second point. It only exists so that you can tell other people that you're watching it. It's fucking dumb. I think I'm most in- intrigued because there's always, like, a one or two commercials sprinkled in there. And there's going to be, like, a, a very humanitarian-focused email, uh, commercial. To try to get everybody to be like, well, there's a lot bigger issues at hand. Didn't a couple of companies already donate their time? Like, I, I, I forget which one, but someone already said that their commercial is going to go to a different cause or something. Um, we'll see. I, I agree. Like, the commercials are entertaining because it, it, it's a, a huge production, right? Like, the entire thing that they did last year around... Planner's peanuts and like Mr. Peanut died or whatever, blah blah blah. I I actually it's, thought that that stuff. That I, I I mean, commercials are always going to be cheesy and they're always going to be commercial. I actually thought that was kind of entertaining. Well, they're gonna like it's a great opportunity to rebrand. Like you think about the amount of people that concentrated for months to like, okay, we have thirty seconds and we're going to spend five or ten million dollars on that thirty seconds. Let's make it the best we can make it. We'll see Take that. That's intriguing. For the game, actually, it's it's the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes trying to repeat uh, back-to-back against old father Tom Brady in Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Chiefs are favored by three points. The storyline, in my opinion, is whether Tampa Bay's defense, Don Kinsu, JPP, can get after Patrick Mahomes enough to disrupt him so can you this is going to be a dumb question but you you know that i don't follow teams much i follow fantasy some just enough sure yeah but not teams the chiefs have had some good teams over the last several years right for 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 since he's been the quarterback yeah yeah they've been outstanding yeah um well even even before that when it was alex smith like they had they had some yeah. decent teams tampa Correct, bay has yes. been terrible for a long time haven't they Yes, this is the first time they've won this many games in like 16 or 17 years. So how the fuck did this happen? Is it just COVID or is there someone on the team who, like, like are their receivers great or like what the fuck is they going on? They have very good receivers. They have Tom Brady and then they got Gronkowski, but mainly they got Tom Brady, then they got Gronkowski, um, and then they got Antonio Brown. So they have like three or four very, very good receivers. Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, and then they have a wait. A didn't good. Antonio Brown? What happened with him? He was on Steelers, right? 
He was on the Steelers. He threw a fit. Then he went to Oakland, threw a fit there, got traded, played for the Patriots for a game. Didn't he have a Me Too moment? Yeah. Then he, and then he got kicked. He got kicked off the Patriots, and then he didn't play all of last year. And then he got suspended for something earlier. Something year. for something else. <laughs> and then he played. He jumped in like halfway through the season. God, he was allowed to play. How the fuck? Okay, yeah. so Chiefs by three. Mm-hmm. Based on what we've just talked about, I mean the Tom Brady factor is hard to factor in. Who 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 are you taking? I'm taking the Chiefs. I think there's Chiefs I, by I, three. Patrick Mahomes is just unguardable. I think he's just really a special player to watch. Because uh, you get two weeks to prepare. It would be really weird and if the line was three, though. Wouldn't they usually make it like two and a half or three and a half? It was like three and a half, and then it, it's pushed to three. So I'm assuming that's based on the volume of bets. Yeah. Uh, so that that's basically saying they think it's a coin flip. If it goes to two and a half, they think it's a coin flip. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think it'll be a good game. Tom Brady is a... Obviously, is his 10th Super Bowl. He's won six of them. I think Patrick Mahomes has a little bit to get back to him when he lost the AFC's championship to him three years ago in Kansas City. I think they remember that. I think Kansas City's going to be motivated. I mean, Tyreek Hill is just unguardable, too, one of the receivers for Kansas City. So, And they have the best tight end in Travis Kelsey. They're like the Golden State Warriors of football. At any point, they can just score 21 points on you in the blink of an eye. Well... Fair enough. I think it's we're like 36 minutes in, so it's probably about time to get to the report card. But this will be – I mean, I have a couple topics I, I can roll over to the next episode. So that's always that's a win. I, I, I appreciate the content that you brought today. Oh, we didn't even get into Wall Street bets. I mean, we could okay. we could talk about that now if you want. I, I don't have anything better to do. Yeah, let's, let's touch upon Wall Street bets. You want to give – so – let me give my dumbed down version, then you can add some color to Please. it. A couple weeks ago, GameStop, a specific stock, um, it was identified that a lot of hedge funds had it very aggressive shorts against GameStop. Wall Street Bets is a Reddit thread where retail investors have said, let's purchase the stock to make sure that they don't cover their shorts. It gained a lot of momentum. The stock soared to $360, $370 when it was before trading at $30, so what, that 12x the market cap? At least. Uh, I, then, I, I'm pretty sure it was more extreme than that. But. And then there was a storyline was how Robinhood and other brokerage firms prevented people from trading, uh, I think last Wednesday or Thursday, one specific day, allowed it to go down. Now it's plummeted all the way down to what? What's it trading at now? It's... Like forty bucks, uh. So its peak, sixty three dollars. So at the beginning of the year, it was like eighteen bucks. It went up to three forty eight, which is nineteen x, and now it's back down. It's at sixty four, which is still three x where it was before. Right. So and I think a lot of anybody that bought in before the pickup is still sitting on gains, or they already closed out. So basically, the hedge funds were going to lose a bunch of money. They were losing money. They had to get a couple bailouts from Steve Cohen and some other people gave them like $2.5 billion to Melville Capital. Robinhood actually turned around and raised money because they didn't have uh, the money to cover the flow, right? They had to cover the risk. Yeah, they're just, just a broker, though. They just have to cover the float. I mean, that's not a big deal. In, in, so 
my opinion on this entire situation is I don't even know why the fuck we're talking about it. People have blown it massively out of proportion. This has always existed. Anyone can invest in any stock at any time. As long as you're not trading on insider information. Um, well, I think it was like you, the education you can, you, of the you, retail You can trader. buy any stock that you want. Long term, think- your stock purchases should be based on fundamentals. Short term, they can be based on some momentum. If hedge funds are stupid enough to take a substantial short position, anybody can see that short position, okay? Which, for those who don't know, shorting a stock, you borrow the stock from somebody and then you sell it into the market. You collect the proceeds and then your plan is to buy it back at a lower price and then you can return the borrowed share. So Mm -hmm. let's say it's at $50 today. I borrow the stock. I have to pay a small amount to the person that I borrowed it from, who's a holder of the stock. I sell Mm -hmm. it. I collect $50 a share, and then it drops down to $20. Then I decide to close out my short, so I go on the market and I buy shares at $20, and I give the shares back. So I've net $30 less whatever I I had to pay to borrow the shares. This is public knowledge if you're shorting stock. Public knowledge. You can go on any stock and see how big the short position is. And what ha- like this has happened in the past. Hedge funds have done it to each other before, where mm-hmm. it's called a short squeeze. And you go in and you know that if you're able, like people are having to meet margin calls and make payments on these borrowed shares. And the uh, a, a great line from like one of the first times that, that one of the first times in this century when there was a crazy market incident was uh, long-term capital management. It might have actually been late 90s too, but there's a book called uh, When Genius Failed. And, and uh, you know, some of the lines that people always say is, uh, the market can remain irrational longer than you can remain liquid. So even if you're right, right? Like even if this stock should go to zero and I'm short, you have to have the liquidity to be able to see that position out in the long term. And what that means in this case is you have to be able to pay for the shares that you borrowed. And obviously that's Mm -hmm. expensive. Um, And if the stock price goes up, it becomes harder to close out your short position because now you might actually lose money. Also, unlike when you go long, which is when you buy a stock, there is no cap to how much you can lose on a short. So Mm -hmm. if you buy a stock for $100, the maximum that you could possibly lose is $100. If you short a $100 stock, there is no limit to how much you could lose. Now, obviously, the stock price can only go so high. Like, a a company's market cap isn't going to get into the trillions of dollars or whatever. But that stock could go to $200, $300, $400. If it goes to $500, then you've just lost $400 a share on a $100 stock. Um, And that's the risk that you take when you go short or when you fuck around with options or when you do whatever. And if you're a hedge fund, then you're a big boy and you take that fucking risk. Um, And yes, public investors can pool together and cause a short squeeze, which is a legitimate strategy. Um, And when they cause that short squeeze, basically some portion of the short position will not be able to afford their margin calls or just won't want to sit on that loss. Like, let's say they shorted at $18 and it went to $100. They're now Mm. sitting on an $83 loss. Uh, they're not going to want to sit on that. So they're going to want to close close out their short. And when they go to close out their short, they actually drive the stock price even higher because they have to buy shares at $83 
to close out their short. So then it goes higher and higher and higher as people close out their short position, if the short position in the stock is big enough. And if nobody else is selling, then it just continues to drive it through the roof. That's how a short squeeze works. That's what just happened. Retail investors pulled together and created a short squeeze in a shitbag stock. Like GameStop is a tiny little fucking backwood stock. That company will be worth zero. It, it, it 100% will be worth zero. They have no fucking IP. They have no marketplace. They have no business being in the industry. The industry today is Steam, Blizzard, Epic, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. That's, mm-hmm. that's fucking it. If you are not one of those companies, you are not selling video games 10 years from now. So everybody already knows that. And this is all just fucking speculation. It's like when the roulette wheel spins, if you want to bet black and I want to bet red, that's fine. Other than I can impact your black bet by making it more expensive for you to keep the black bet up. I think what it was is it was an education of the retail trader where they didn't know everything that went behind the scenes they didn't know about payment order flows they didn't know the sound of the information from brokerage companies Re- retail continues to be the smallest part of the stock market by far the stock market is controlled by institutions as it always has been now if all retail is concentrated into you know individual spots then yes they can pick this stuff off but that's just something that institutions have to take into account so in my opinion this was an incident that happened amongst private investors some retail and some institutional and like everybody's bored so that I think that's why we're talking about this much. This didn't revolutionize shit because <laughs> the exact same thing could happen going the other way. And if you're not investing on fundamentals, then in the long term, you will always lose. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I mean, there, you don't think there's any aspect of the retail trader being born in the last year. Nope. And, and then that balance, trying to figure that out in the market? Nope. Where, the, where they're, no? Retail access to investing has been incredibly straightforward for over 20 years. Hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and it, it's not like retail investors have more money. Like, inflation balances that out. It, it, yeah. If I'm, it, like, if everybody in the U.S. suddenly had more money to invest the price of everything would go up. And then all of a sudden, in real terms, you wouldn't have more money to invest because bread and milk and your fucking rent would be higher. So this is it's just not how the world works. And I don't know why I'm so passionate about it, but I, I, kept, seeing, <laughs> I kept seeing all these stories about it. I'm like, why the fuck are you still talking about this? I think, it was the, I think it's the education piece. It's just, it's the same piece of like, how many more people were involved in political discussions this but, year? But I mean, part, part of the beauty of public markets and the U.S. markets in particular is that we all have access. Well, generally speaking, we all have access to the same information. Uh, like the, these companies have to publish reports and you can look at any of those reports and you can look at research. Now, in reality, institutions have an advantage because one, institutions can buy research so they can afford to pay for third party research. They can also afford to pay for like... Uh, let's say you're investing in like a jeans company and you mm-hmm. think that they might have overproduced stock. You you are big enough that you could pay for temps to go around to every single retail store and count how much inventory they have. Now, obviously, that's less of a factor now with e-commerce. The more and more that you go online, the less that that's even a factor. But you can afford to do stuff like that. Or like for crops, you can afford to have planes 
fly over Iowa and see how good the corn yield is, right? And an average investor can't do that. Um, but generally speaking, you're on a roughly even playing field. And all you have to do is click, you know, click a few buttons. You put in your, like, your routing number or whatever, and you can buy a fucking stock. And it's been like that for decades. So... Let me let, let's wrap this up because this is this is what got your blood boiling the most in, in this episode, and I find it very interesting. Do you if you, if I have twenty thousand dollars, do you think it's more smarter for me to invest in Bitcoin or Dogecoin? Uh, n- neither, neither, neither of those things are real. So um, this was the other thing that I was thinking about earlier was so the last time that retail investors, the last major time that retail investors got together and caused something like this is Bitcoin, right? Still is. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin has no fundamental value. Like it, it's a currency. A currency's value is based on its ability to function as a currency, which is it, it needs to be a store of value, it needs to be a unit of measurement, and it needs to be a method for exchange. Bitcoin meets none of those criteria. It's not backed by any government, so it, it has no inherent value. Uh, it is not a unit of measurement because it fluctuates all the time and people speculate on it and it's not a means for exchange because nobody fucking accepts Bitcoin. And people will say like, oh, blockchain, blah, 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 this is the future. Yeah, fucking right. Like, well, like well, when, when someone gets a, get a, a fucking goddamn dollar bill, that will always be accepted as a unit of measurement, a method of exchange, a store of value. Do you think they eventually get to the means of exchange? Do you think there's enough momentum that might change in the next few years? The only reason why you... So there's there are only a couple of reasons why that would have any value to it. One would be if the U.S. dollar continues to be inflated. Mm-hmm. Which, how the economy is today, we've been providing a lot of stimulus, etc. That should drive right. up inflation. But we have actually not had significant inflation um, for a variety of factors. But that's not really like I, I am probably naive, but I trust the Fed to balance that. Um, Interesting. The and also, as long as your money is not in cash, if we experience inflation, that's fine. If all of my money is in S&P 500 stocks and we have inflation of 5%, those S&P 500 stocks are going to go up by five fucking percent. Hmm. Um, the second reason why you would want to have Bitcoin instead of dollars is if you're doing something illegal and you don't want to have it traced. And I maintain that that is the primary reason, like that that is really the only value add to an individual for Bitcoin is the, is untraceable transactions. Yeah, so if I like, why, I mean, maybe it's already happened. Maybe if I'm a drug lord, wouldn't I want to start transferring? 100%. 100%. Now, you still have to, you're, you're not going to be selling drugs in Bitcoin. But, yeah, uh, that's true. Maybe someday you could. And huh. that's not great. Um, so, hmm. anyway, yeah. I think, I think that's a good time to go to the report card. Yeah, let's do it. How would you like to rate me? I would say uh, Super Bowl appetizers. Okay. I like it. Uh, if you're ready, I've got by one. By all means. You got one? Go yeah. ahead. Crudite. Okay. 
Uh, what is Cruz? I don't even know what Cruz. I is. didn't even know what the fuck it was either until I moved to New York for that time. But in reality, we all know what it is, which it's that fucking. Okay, sounds really fancy, right? Oh, crudite. Great. Yeah, it's very cultured. Okay. Crudite is when someone brings that, like, store bought plastic tin of, like, carrots and celery and cauliflower with the ranch in the middle. And it just uh, sits out there, and, like, maybe you take a bite or, or so. You, you only eat it when other stuff isn't ready and you're still hungry. And then it just fucking goes to waste. I think it's an insulting thing to bring. Like, carrots and celery, throw some onions and garlic in there and put that in a pot, and now we're making a sauce, right? You you serve me that shit on a plate, unless we're going hardcore diet or whatever, in which case that would be a great thing to eat. But if you're going to chug down some buff chick dip right after that, it doesn't fucking matter. So why does it exist? It's, it's, It's a... It's a waste. Um, and obviously that's, I really more just rated that appetizer than you. <laughs> but I think we can all see the correlations that we enjoy. You're like, oh, <laughs> Seamus is coming. Some crudite is coming. Oh, this sounds great. What am I going to get out of this? And then you realize I've had carrots and ranch dip before. <laughs> I can't complain about it. But, you know, maybe there's some bigger things coming. It's it's light, it's easy, but again, when can I remove it out of the table? Does it exactly? I'm gonna have to dispose of this now. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, I think your performance today, although it was long, you were a classic potato skin. (laughs) Okay, just such a great. I mean, a a well done potato skin, chunks of bacon, a couple different cheeses, chives, a little sour cream. You get every little piece to hit every. Uh, part of your tongue, and it's it's delicious. You can even throw a little ranch on there, and you, it's a it's a nice little warmer up, right? Whereas you settle into the couch for a while, and then you you know bomb yourself with six or eight beers or whatever your poison is mm-hmm. for the Super Bowl. But nothing makes me think of football more than a potato skin, and your performance was uh, very. Very well done. Today. I, Very I appreciate that. Well, now I feel bad because you went off piece there. You, you t- took a different <laughs> tack, and you didn't say anything negative about me. No, I think that's I part of the part of the thing. Hey, for the people that have lasted this long, we appreciate it. Um, you contribute to our five years running, and you know, if you have any thoughts for us, we'd be happy to discuss that. But hopefully, this is our last uh, last episode talking about our uh, our friend, our famed Margo Largo golfer. Mar-a-Lago. Mar-a-Lago, yeah. Beautiful. Thanks for coming out. <laughs> See you guys.